0: What is up, everybody? My name is James D. DeFiori, and this is Blackballed. Heinous cases. Um, This is a project that I uh, came up with about a month ago. Uh, It's called Heinous Cases, and it was just going to be me and Rob Kaviklian, friend of the network, uh, talking about some of the cases in Canadian history where a lack of justice was profound, either on a wrongful conviction or on uh, you know, sweetheart deals for people who are murderers, things like that. But then um, someone called me and said, hey, would you like to do this? And I thought it was a really brilliant idea. Also really kind of brave. Um, it's funny because I feel like all of the women that I've been having on my podcast over the last two months or so have been these extraordinarily brave people who are um, talking about the innards of their lives often some of the most painful things of their lives as well. Um, The guest that we have today is a friend of the network, a friend of mine, um, one of my uh, good friend's wives, and everyone knows who she is that watches the show or the Dean Blundell show, but she has a very unique perspective as being the estranged daughter of a gentleman named Dave Morrison who was convicted of murder. And here to talk about that with us is... Ashley Lindley. Ashley, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you very much. This is an odd yeah, one I for think. both of us, isn't it? Let's just get that right off the bat on the table.
1: It's, um, yeah, it's different for sure. Yeah. Something I've um, talked about before, but never on a platform.
0: And listen, like we don't have to, I'm glad we did our pre-phone call because there was a couple of things I wanted to make sure that we could talk about and couldn't talk about. So we got all that kind of straightened out. But just, just so we can, like, I just want to, before I get into the, the actual um, circumstances uh, surrounding your, your, should I call him your biological father? Is that a better term? Sure. Or yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the case that he, uh, that, you know, the, the crimes that he had committed. I, I just want to see if we can, like, start off by, by just sort of understanding where you came from. And I was wondering, can you tell me, first of all, where did you grow up? And, and what was the family dynamic like, day for the first you know, 10 years of your life? <clears throat>
1: um, I think I might have mentioned this previously, um, talking on the phone, but we had um, kind of like a backwards Jefferson experience. That's right. It was very um, moving on down as opposed to up. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was born in Oakville. Um, and then we moved to Burlington. And then we moved to Hamilton, so it was just like a solid decline. And um, I don't have a lot of memories from the first two places we lived, so by the time we landed in Hamilton, I was probably like four or five. Okay. And that's when stuff kind of started getting weird, and I started kind of noticing that something was wrong, and uh, that maybe we'd moved for a reason. <laughs>
0: What was the, uh, what was the circumstances? And, and when, when did you live with your dad? Like, did you, do you have any memories of living with him or? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah? Um, nothing like clear, clear, but I mean like a couple of Christmas memories. There's definitely like photos of us together, um, camping cottages, like pretty normal stuff for the first few years of my life for sure.
0: And, and what, mm-hmm. and so what age did that did, did, was he no longer in your life?
1: So that's where it's kind of fuzzy, right? Because things happened when I was about two, but um, nothing happened to him for about three years after that because okay. uh, the wheels of justice kind of turned slowly. So I was maybe five or six when he actually left. Left.
0: Okay. Um, so let's get into a little bit here. The um, oops. This is the case here. Okay, so on the night of November 25th, 1993, Stuart Weston, 43, and friend Blair Smith, 37, were walking along a quiet section of Burl Oak Drive in the vicinity of Upper Middle Road. Is that Oakville? Where is that? Uh, Burlington. Burlington, right. Okay. Upper Middle Road, when Halton police say they were confronted by two men in what was described as a drug-related incident. Weston and Smith were both shot. Weston died while Smith was paralyzed from the chest down. Former Burlington resident David Lloyd Morrison and Robert john pollock of oakville were convicted of first degree murder and attempted murder in 1998 and afterwards your dad had a uh, he he was i think called in to testify against the other guy and what's interesting is that i just i just read it today actually um where is it <clears throat> <clears throat> Where your where your dad David Morrison convicted killer pondered perjury was prepared to implicate an innocent man, he admitted that he was going to go on the stand and try to blame the murder on a person who had since deceased.
1: Nice guy, eh?
0: Well, the thing that I find interesting about it is that he admitted that he was going to do that, so he never went through with it. I found it like odd I was that gonna he...
1: lie. I found I was it gonna odd lie, that he would but I didn't.
0: I found it odd that he would admit that he was going to lie.
1: That's No, you know, if you've ever spent any time with somebody who's got like sociopathic tendencies, they will almost pretend that they're they're giving you a massive piece of information to cover up another bigger piece of information.
0: Right. But usually they go through with it, don't they?
1: I think I, he's one of those people that said so many so many things and told so many lies that I, he doesn't know what he believes.
0: Right. I was just... One of the main questions that I wanted to ask you, um, and I'm hoping it will kind of spark a conversation, because, first of all, we found out that um, in when I was talking to you over the last couple of weeks, we have kind of similar upbringings, in a sense. Like, there was a lot yeah. of turmoil and dysfunction and things like that. My stepmother was... Um, charged with attempted murder of her first husband before my dad found her under that rock that he picked up one day. And then, oh uh, you know, and then, um, yep. you know, so, th- but you know, we, we, I think we both have, uh, you know, an ADHD kind of thing that sort of probably stemmed out of our childhood. Who knows? But I think the most pressing question that I have for you, the most th- the thing that I'm most curious about is what, if anything, having a father who was convicted of a crime like this, what does that do to your identity as an individual and especially as a daughter?
1: Um, I think, I think personally, cause like, I can't speak for everybody that something like this happens to, but I mean, for me, um, I, I, I wasn't a daughter anymore for a really long time to anybody except for my mom. Um, it was just like, poof he's gone so it wasn't like you know we were heading out for visits and like you know big family dues like it was once he was gone he was gone so uh, you just kind of had to roll with the punches I guess and as a I, I don't know yeah what exactly I can say it did to me um but I know that I went through a lot of stages with it um growing up and uh people would ask me stuff like, do you want to see him? And it it would vary honest to God from like from month to month, from year to year. And it would be like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm pissed off and I have questions. And then there'd be days where I would say, no, like obviously he didn't want a family. So why would I want to bother reaching out to him? So it's, it's always been like a, a bit of a roller coaster of emotions for lack of a better term. Right. It's like, what, um, what are you supposed to feel? And you know, um, Do you forgive somebody um, after, after 25 years, after 30 years? Like at at what point am I supposed to let it go? If at all, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, So I
1: still, I still honestly don't know um, what to do with that.
0: Is there a part of you that is a little bit afraid that if you do meet up with him one day that are you afraid of forgiving him?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why? I don't think it would sit well with the rest of my family and I would completely understand that and I think I don't think it would be so much um, forgiveness I think it would be like letting go and, and trying to start fresh if I were going to but I, I just I can't see the scenario where I want to I can't my life is going well without the guy it's, it's you know if it's, if it's not broken don't fix it
0: yeah that that's really i find that really interesting because um i know from having a son and a daughter that um that my son and his mom have a special connection and myself and my daughter have a special connection it's not about favorites it just and apparently that's really normal um to to for for fathers and and daughters to sort of have that special connection and I would find my, I feel like I, if I was in your shoes, I just wouldn't be able to stop myself from attempting the reconnection. And, and, and I think it's, it's interesting. It seems like a testament of strength that you're, that you're not doing it. And I'm just, I guess I'm wondering if you have to stop yourself from, like, do you ever feel like you have to stop yourself from reaching out because of the family dynamic? So that would indicate that there is a part of you that might want to.
1: Um, yeah, and I don't know if it's, if it's for, like, um, some type of closure. Like, I don't, I don't know what I actually want from the guy. Like, I don't know if I want him to admit that, like, you know, you were a shitty parent that made shitty choices. Like, I don't know what I would want this guy to say to me that was going to make me feel better. But I almost feel like if, if I did confront him and he let me down, it would just be like, okay, that's par for the course. Now you can actually say goodbye and and not worry about it so maybe maybe that is something i need to do
0: have you it must have been really strange over the years like as you get to you know um you graduate grade eight and then graduate high school and everything i mean uh, he must come to mind a lot like over the, oh, yeah. every milestone that you have I'm having yeah, a hard time yeah. right now. Let's just, I'm going to put all my cards on the table here. I'm having a hard time right now trying to formulate the right questions here because A, I don't want to try to make it seem like I'm el- trying to purposely elicit some sort of emotional reaction because I think you know me well enough to know that I'm just trying to be as straight up as I can. So you can try. No, I don't want to try. <laughs> I um I, I I am personalizing it and because I don't know how else to handle it, you know? Um, yeah, Absolutely. I, and uh and i just i you know what it does to a person's mind is is there like a silver to any of this or is that just me trying to wax poetic a little bit
1: yeah no i don't i don't think there is i think that my entire family like my entire family from that point on no, nothing could happen no really nothing no absolutely not uh, um no it's it's been uh there's there's like a children's book series it's called a, a series of unfortunate events. I yeah. you could take the title off of that and totally put it on my life.
0: And and that has to do with what? Like your mother um you know um finding somebody else and it not working out like how, what what are the, some of the examples?
1: Yeah, there was definitely a couple of those. Yeah. Um that didn't go well, so um We ended up having to move. Um, We we lost the the house that we were living in because my mother was actually a stay-at-home mom. Which I guess is like a lot easier when somebody's selling drugs, shooting people, right? Like, whoop. I didn't know that we were like the Hamilton Sopranos or something. So um, apparently we were doing better than I knew. Um, At some point we had a boat. I don't know.
0: Did Um, he ever have a real job? Like, was he a carpenter or something? Not that I know
1: of. Like, I don't... Did you say, was he a carpenter?
0: Well, because I watched uh, a a clip from an old CBC episode where your dad was in it. Um, They were showing what what life was like in a medium security prison. Mm -hmm. And he was like building office furniture.
1: I was going to say, he certainly wasn't a chef. Did you see that part?
0: I only saw the bagels pop up from the toaster.
1: Oh (laughs) man, no, there's a whole scene where they don't like what's for dinner. So they round up a few of the guys, pick some stuff from the garden and they make their own spaghetti sauce. And pasta, and then they have their own little prisoner picnic together because they didn't like what was on the menu that night. Like that must be nice. Nice. That's like Goodfellas. They got a
0: baseball team up there too. It's going well. Well, a medium security prison in Canada doesn't seem all that bad. Like, I mean, it doesn't. I don't want to like make it seem like. Listen, I I actually my whole life I always thought that like if they know that rape happens in prisons, why did they allow it to happen? I was always kind of like that. Like, I was never the guy that was like. Mm well, if you, go to, if you go to prison, you know, Bubba's going to rip you in the shower and that's your problem. I was like, no, no, no. You, you can't, like, go to jail and then have the worst things in the world happen to you while you're in prison because then you're no. going to come out if you do much worse. Yeah, that's so not it,
1: how you, like, rehabilitate a person, right? Right. So, so you do you agree
0: so. with the medium security sort of, like, benefits I don't know. that they, they have?
1: They let him out, so he must have done okay. When did they let him out? So once they let you out, you have a like a year of probation where you've got to kind of like, you know, live normally and check in after work and you have a curfew and like a probation officer keeps an eye on you. And I think maybe like a family member might even be responsible for you to some degree. He's got a sister that like a surety for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably. Yeah. That's probably a better mm-hmm. word than I'm coming up with. Um so that would have been I guess May of twenty twenty one. And then May so, of twenty twenty two, I believe, we were completely free. So he's just like out and doing whatever he does now.
0: And he lives relatively close to you, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh totally. Yeah, he's um near London, Ontario, and I'm near Hamilton, so it's
0: Like an hour something like that? Yeah,
1: it's doable. It's a drivable distance.
0: So what would you do if he reached out and wanted to see you? Like, I mean, I get get that your family probably wouldn't appreciate you announcing to them that you're going to go seek him out. But if it was the opposite, what would you do?
1: Uh, I'd probably just keep it to myself and maybe, maybe find the time. I'd maybe find the time.
0: Do you think he's redeemable? Now, I asked that question because I, I've used that phrase um, <laughs> with my ex <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who never could seem to like tell me that I couldn't, uh, you know, be forgiven for anything. But this is obviously um, a more important m- maybe,
1: context. M- maybe for somebody else, but not not for my family. No. It's it's too far past that so that's not that's not gonna happen with us unfortunately it definitely never is a group um my grandfather's almost 80 I think if he saw me would kill him like on site or try at least um so no um not 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 to us um even if I were to like I said talk to the guy I think it would just be to see what I could get um and I think I'd maybe feel bad shutting them down fast. I don't know. That's a tough one. So yeah. Um. It- I, like I said, I I like to give most people a chance, and it's been a really long time since we talked. Like a really long time. Um, we managed to have like a phone conversation for maybe a half an hour when I was in the eighth grade, and it was super awkward. Super yeah. awkward. Um, he. And this is just how I know that he's. A, st- a strange guy that'll that'll do what he can to get by. Um, I guess they have religious services um, that come to the prison because you know gotta be able to exercise your faith. We were never a religious family; like we were never raised with anything in the house. Um, it was just kind of free. I, my grandmother was a Jehovah's Witness, so I think we were just kind of like steering hard away from religion in general. <laughs> um.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's. I don't know. How, it's. It seems to me that it, it takes like an enormous amount of strength to kind of put yourself in a spot where you can allow yourself to get hurt again. Um, and that's and why
1: s- we're not gonna be best friends ever. Like, it's. It's. We're never gonna have like that bi-monthly coffee date or anything like that. Like, that's not happening.
0: Is it weird that I, for some reason, can, am identifying more with your dad than with you right now? And I don't mean that in a funny way at all. Like, I, I'm thinking of my daughter and I'm thinking of, what a, you know, if I did something that was just so unbelievably awful, would my daughter ever forgive me? And, it, and it's like I'm sitting here with my, and my heart is slowly breaking thinking of the idea that she wouldn't forgive me for doing something awful. And well, then at the same time, I feel selfish for thinking like that because it's not up to me to be forgiven if I did something that awful right
1: well so if i i think if you worked every day and really tried to kind of get that back that there might be something into it but if you decide to join the wiccan high priestess at your church um and start casting spells with her I'm not against that, but I just, I just know that it's not genuinely something that he would have believed in knowing who he is. And it was one of those things where I, I couldn't help but feel like he had found somebody that was maybe really, really kind and vulnerable that was coming in there to provide a service and, um, was abusing that in some way because he had this person try to find me. And I was 14 years old using MSN still because, like, MSN was the bomb. And um, this random person adds me, and I'm 14 and just, like, full of pep. So I was like, yeah, who are you? And I was freaked right out. It was somebody telling me that they knew my dad, and I was like, I'm going to punch you out. (laughs) Because I was a teenager, right? So I was like, you want to fight? Like, what is this? It's not somebody was screwing with me. And it was like, no, uh, I perform church services like Wiccan services with your father and he wants to talk so she like set us up on a three-way call and I was like yeah I'll totally take this weird phone call and um the guy didn't have much to say honestly like it was kind of sad so he was in
0: prison at the time though right
1: yep yeah absolutely really echoey phone calls
0: yeah Yeah, um, I'm thinking it's it's weird. If you if you try to put yourself in your shoes, um, it becomes an exercise of 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 just wondering. Like, is he a sociopath or is he is there? Oh, is yes. he on the road of redemption? Oh, he's like a clinical well, sociopath.
1: Oh well, I, and this is the thing. I don't think you can. I don't think you can diagnose that. Um, honestly, I don't. But. I, I think that there's only so many times that you can like, lie and lie and lie while you have a family and you have an entire life going on, right? And it's just like eventually people have got to wonder who the hell you even are anymore. So, did your mom I, I can't know
0: but, what he was doing?
1: I don't know. I don't know. That's it not blows a question you've ever,
0: asked, you've ever asked her. Um,
1: well, I have. And of course, I'm told that, like, no, but. The older I get, the more I wonder how you could have that in, in your house and not know. Yeah. Like, if that were going on with Ryan, I feel like I'd have a pretty good idea.
0: Oh, who like knows I know what Ryan's up to when, when he, to he to goes work. and waters the garden, you know, could have a couple of dime bags him. in his front pocket. There's
1: so many windows here. I can see him. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're good.
0: Have you ever met anyone that's also been the uh, child of a person who has been convicted of something like that? No. You were—it's a very no. unique spot, isn't it? Like there's—it's
1: kind of weird, yeah. Um, and I have like I don't know. Every now and then, I'll have somebody that like might have known about it from the past or something, and uh, you know maybe you're hanging out with a group of people for the night, and somebody will say, "Hey, um," and the minute they start the sentence with like, "If you don't want to answer, it's okay," but. And I'll know like it's that's that's what you're going into, and I'm always like, yeah, no, I don't mind telling you. Like, if you really want to know, I get it. It's probably been eating you for the last twenty five years since elementary school, because it was, it was in the papers, but we weren't the age that we would be reading the newspaper. But right. their parents were, and the parents were telling the kids that I was going to school with what was going on with my family, so it was.
0: Oh, so you had like blowback there, at school.
1: Oh god, yeah. There was some schoolyard shit. People didn't want to come near me.
0: Like what were some of the things I, that they would say?
1: Um you know, just like your dad is a murderer. Your dad killed people. Your dad is in the paper because he's a murderer. My mom told me shit like that. And when you're like, you know, 7, that shit stings, right? I was like, "Oh, okay, this is pretty rough." Um and, like, I didn't even fully know what was going on. Like, I had been shielded from all of the actual information. My mom was keeping the case away from me. I just knew my dad was gone. I didn't know why. So I pretty much found out by getting made fun of at school, which was rough. And um they used to, I don't know if they still do it, um but they would give kids, like, agendas. And it would be, like, you know, every day of the week. And if, the, if you pissed your teacher off or you screwed something up... It would be like, okay, I wrote a note in your agenda. You've got to take that home to your mom or dad. In my case, it was always your mother. Um, And have them sign it and return it to me so I know that they've read it. And it's like burned into my brain from, I think it's grade three. I had my teacher write my agenda. Ashley received some unkind teasing about her father today. And I thought that was very politely worded. Thank you, Mrs. Park.
0: Oh, wow. I love how you remember her Mm -hmm. name.
1: Yeah, she was lovely.
0: Do you remember all your elementary school teachers' names? Because I do. It's like yeah. the greatest time of my life. Really.
1: Yeah, I had, a gra- I had a great elementary school. Um, our kindergarten teacher loved us so much that she followed us to grade one and two as well.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. She followed so you her for, it? Oh, you had like her she role. Wanted,
1: she taught all of our grades. Yeah, she came up with us. She was like, no, I love this group of kids. I want to see them through as far as I can.
0: Great Yeah, woman. My, my uh, junior kindergarten teacher passed away about a decade ago, and the outpouring... Mm-hmm for her was amazing. She used to dress up. She was kind of a big lady. She used to dress yeah. up as Miss Piggy. She used to have Miss Piggy oh. nose and, and a big high voice. And she'd be like, hello, children. And like, we all oh, loved I her. Oh, I love and would that. And, uh, and a, when she... A... Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. No, I was just going to say, gonna when see... she passed away, there were so many kids that are now adults <laughs> that like had good memories of her. And And you know what? When you're going through something like you went through, holy shit, do good teachers become super important.
1: And I think that's why that that particular school really stood out for me because once I went to another school which was pretty damn fast after everything happened Mm -hmm. um nobody knew unless I told them and my teacher like certainly didn't have a clue right so I, I moved to a completely different neighborhood I actually continued moving on down I went from the mountain down the mountain in Hamilton just didn't stop so you know that that role just kept going downhill it was great and uh yeah it was um A few years later and we ended up moving back up the mountain and it was absolutely brutal because i had gotten away from all of those kids that knew what had happened to me and then i had to go to high school with all of them because i ended up Uh, moving to the exact same neighborhood we had left so it was like oh my god is that you and it was like yeah i'm back hi this is great um, y'all are still here
0: yeah that's and high school is awful see the the difference between elementary school and high school is just profound. <laughs> you know what yeah, I, mean? I was
1: already um I was already a freak in high school, so I really didn't care. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, like I whatever.
0: Um, actually, I'm gonna kick you out like entirely and then have you come back in yet. I don't know if you're frozen to anyone else, but it's driving me crazy that you're frozen on my screen. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna do that for really quickly. Just click the link again, okay? Yes, sir. Okay. So Ashley will come right back. I have no idea if she was frozen for anyone else, but she was completely frozen for me for like the last 15 minutes. And it was driving me completely insane. Um, but this, um, the high school thing is, is the part that I'm like really uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Ashley about when she comes back because uh, high school is one of those places where um, everything is allowed. Everything that's awful is loud. Sexism and racism and bullying and all these things in high school are just um omnipresent when you're when you don't have that kind of family history that that ashley had think welcome back ashley um and i was just thinking when you when you 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 said that you were already a freak in high school i i get that i think i was probably a a certain type of freak in high school Mm -hmm. and then when you add that on top of it there's a little it's it's funny because the sting that you felt when you were seven um from the teasing comments it feels like the end of the world especially mm-hmm. when you're seven mm-hmm. when you get to high school and you become a little bit of a freak, you have a little bit more of a tendency probably to bite back a little bit and oh yeah and absolutely. and I was wondering can you give me an idea of what you know some of those circumstances led to as far as as far as the way that you reacted to that shit in high school
1: honestly um it it didn't come up as much in high school, and i think I think it was damaging to the point where where people were, and I don't want to say like afraid of me, but like intimidated by me to maybe a certain degree because it was like, oh yeah, that's the chick whose dad killed somebody and then she moved away and now she's back. She, and, yeah. and she's a freak. Like it was like, oh shit. Like I just, I was just checking all the boxes. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, she's. She's back, and she's not looking so hot, guys. Like, she's not all preppy and cute or anything. So. Were you
0: goth? Did you go the goth way or something? Or? Uh, it,
1: was, it was, like, a weird combination of things. Like, I, I love, like, a little bit of everything. So you could have caught me in just about, like, any band t-shirt, humanly possible, or, like, a Lucky Charms t-shirt, well, something was, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I probably owned it at some point. Yeah, Love me some smashing pumpkins and shit like that. So yeah. I was a very, like, alternative kid through high school for the most part.
0: You know, I can easily imagine myself and pretty much any guy I knew um, having moments in high school where I would almost use that history as almost like not a weapon, but almost as like to give me a little bit more mystique. I know that sounds ridiculous, but do you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, oh, absolutely. Maybe
0: you don't want to fuck with me. Maybe that's right. Maybe you should look away because of what my father did. That kind of shit. You know,
1: right. I'm counting the days down until he gets out. He's got your number.
0: That's right. My dad no. doesn't mind going back to prison, Johnny, you know?
1: Right. And it's, I was going to say, it's not one of those things I used against like guys I was dating either. It wasn't like, yeah, well, when my dad gets out or <laughs> anything creepy like that, I was like, yeah, no, don't, don't worry about that guy. He's, he's really far away. He's not coming out anytime soon. Um, it's more like that.
0: This isn't a question that I cleared, but I think you'd be fine with me asking. I'm hoping that you'll be fine with me asking, but um, have you ever talked about this with any counselor? Or anything, and if so, what is the kind of guidance that they try to give you about it?
1: Um, no. When we were kids, nothing happened. Hmm. That was it. So oh. now that I'm an adult, I've gotta kinda of slowly backtrack through some things and I'm actually not quite there yet.
0: How old are you, Ashley? Thirty two. Okay. You're still a young mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Ish.
1: Yeah. Ish. So do Playing you? So what you're slowly. saying is
0: though is that you think that you were eventually going to have to deal with it?
1: Eventually, yeah, I think so.
0: What does that mean? Because I, I have had like many people tell me, um, sometimes not in very pleasant ways, that um, the I don't know four or five extraordinarily traumatic things that I've experienced in my life when when I was a kid that I'm going to have to quote unquote deal with it. Well, I don't know I mean, what that it means.
1: It Depends on if it's affecting you or not, to any oh, degree. I'm like how?
0: Pretty sure. It's oh, you're affected.
1: Me. Yeah, Are you <laughs> pretty feeling so. pretty affected, bud.
0: No, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I, yeah, maybe I'm feeling a little bit affected. No, but you know, like the the impact. I I don't know if it's um, like I know that I have uh, that especially over the last. Listen, I, I've had issues my whole life, um, and it feels like every time I've tried to climb out of the issues, mm-hmm. these new things prop up. And then all these things start happening at once. And, um, and it's funny the way that you can be plunged right back to being a scared child. You know, like when, oh, my, when my ex used to berate me, I was mm-hmm. literally like transported back to being a child in, my, in the way that I responded to it, mm-hmm. in the way that it upset me.
1: Yeah, and absolutely.
0: It seems ambiguous when someone says oh, you haven't dealt with that thing yet. And I'm like, well, how do you know that that thing has anything to do with my reaction to this thing as an adult? Like, I, I am not convinced, I guess, of of the benefits of, of dealing with something. I don't even know what dealing with means, you know?
1: Well, child, any childhood trauma has an effect on you as an adult. Like, no matter how, like, you know, tough you want to feel about it, there's something there from it. And it might not bother you on a regular basis, but things trigger things at times like being berated by somebody. Right. It's like all of a sudden you're, Oh my God. And, and, and like you said, a scared child again. Hmm. So there's um, like when I, when I have gone to counseling and I have spoken to somebody for the most part, it's been about my mother so far. Um, yeah. And it, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to explain. Like I said, you've got to kind of start somewhere and, and, and work your way back. But I mean, when I used to get into arguments with her, and we would be upset with each other, I would get really upset. And I mean really upset. Like, it would, it would affect me for days on end. Her, my brother, it would just be like this massive spiral. And it would it was all anybody around me would hear about and i would be like i can't believe this and i can't believe that and 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 i would rehash the same shit over and over and over again in my head and i talked to somebody about some of the issues that i was having and they just kind of validated like yeah you know you're not insane like this person totally like it, it gaslights you and pulls some weird like narcissistic bullshit so protect yourself however you need to and I started putting up some boundaries and knowing how I how I felt and and what was right and even if somebody else doesn't think it's right it's right for me and I've decided it. So now when somebody like my mother attempts to walk into my life and shake things up or, ups- or upset me in some way I I'm, I'm fine. Like it's it, it's literally happening right now and um I'm not upset. I'm annoyed. Are you- but I don't feel like in- crying or shaking or, you know what I mean? Like it's,
0: it's do you cold. internalize it or do you just, uh, you just are at the point right now where it bounces off you?
1: I just know better now.
0: Can you teach me that?
1: Yeah. Like I'm, I'm more confident in myself and in my decisions. And I know that what I want for me is right. I'm an adult. I'm sorry if somebody else doesn't agree with it, but I'm not hurting anybody. Um, that's how I'm going to live.
0: I think that's commendable. And I think that it is um, the type of armor that is probably the best kind to have as you traverse this life, as you get older. Would it surprise you? And I'm going to figure out a way to word this, because would it surprise you to know that I would trade for fathers with you? And the, the reason why I ask that is because there are certain things um, I don't really talk about, and I, I'm probably not going to expand on it on this podcast but there are certain things let's just say that an adult can do to a child uh directly and physically yep. that um that feels uh unforgivable right and uh absolutely i'm just yeah i'm just wondering if um if if because the offense wasn't actually done to you directly and i know that there's mm-hmm. so many indirect things that he did mm mm-hmm. Um. you know, I'm circling back to my first question in a way about redemption um, and about if you've ever thought of whether or not um, you would be saying no to someone who may genuinely, you know, want forgiveness. Like, I, I don't know. I know this, re- it's redundant now, but I was only contrasting it with, with, with my own parent because, um, because he, first of all, he's dead. And, and I had sort of mourned him for decades before that because the father that I thought mm-hmm. existed didn't exist, you know. And and he was never in jail, so I'm just you know, there's, there's so many different types of uh, characteristics that a dad that a bad dad can have that a bad oh, absolutely. father
1: can be. And, and and like I got I gotta say like I wasn't I wasn't ever physically harmed um, by my father in any way, so I can't. I can't say that he hurt me that way, um,
0: but he set your family on a trajectory that seemed to be very damaging
1: yeah, and maybe maybe because I am only a small piece of that puzzle there's I don't know that um, potential for forgiveness, not forgiveness, but for that chance and and it's not there for others in my family just because maybe they were affected differently like they were older when it happened so I understand that it's like your life exploded and you basically just had to kind of pull me along with you and then I Mm -hmm. found out later and got to deal with it later in different ways right so I don't I don't know like I think I think it's different for all of us really what we decide to do with these people that have screwed with us in different ways and like on you know, what you said, I I guess I probably wouldn't trade you fathers, and that sucks. Because, like, you know, I would love to take that away for you, of course, but I think I would rather know that he's somewhere that he at least can't hurt me anymore.
0: Okay, I don't know what happened there. Um, Ashley, are you there? There you are. Yeah, you froze on that.
1: me, and I was like, oh, no.
0: Yeah, you're the host now. Right, get, get over Hi. there. <laughs> I want my name Sorry, by. I didn't get the answer after the, uh, like, you, you said that you wouldn't trade dads with me. I don't know if that's where you stopped or not.
1: No, I was just saying, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't hurt in that way, so I just, I can't. I can't say like i i would trade you because like I, at least i know that he, mine was somewhere that he couldn't do it again to anybody
0: he was in a good you spot know, it, it's interesting right because um sometimes it's kind of a mind fuck. I i where i think to myself you know if my father's actions and um you know and the things that he that he did to me did they shape my personality and if so how like do i have a do i have is my sense of humor impacted by that is my like drive to be um, something better than I am? Is it is it motivated by that? It's, it's funny. There's there's this joke that I have, and I think I stole it from The Family Guy. But um, about how you know you 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 don't. This is going to sound awful, but I'm going to say it anyways. You, you don't like uh, credit um, a woman's molester for her being good in bed when she's an adult, even though he probably had something to do with it. Okay, I know that sounds awful, but do you know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. create these like identities sometimes that um, that is a direct result of how we are dealing with circumstances that happen to us when we were young.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I would not be funny if this didn't happen. I wouldn't be.
0: And you are so funny.
1: I thank you. Um, Isn't but that weird? I'm, I'm, like, I wish you weren't it, funny. I know. Um, <laughs> I would love to be well adjusted, but yeah. um, this is what it is. Um, I say terrible shit. It's great um and i don't i don't think i'd want to change me um now i mean it's happened i came out of it okay if i changed it now a whole bunch of other shit would change so it's like eh, you hear, here it turned out okay you know it's you've just got to figure out um if you're willing to forgive somebody like that and probably in a professional setting. Like I'd probably need to like really like rake this one out a few times with somebody. I need, they need the brain unraveling I Need somebody to do that for me. But
0: well, maybe this he is doesn't a start? like
1: call or try to piss me off. You know what I mean? Well, I, I said that to somebody today. I was like, I said, I'm having a version of free therapy tonight. It's going to be great. I'm just going to say some stuff.
0: She's you fucking didn't luck out with your therapist. I'll tell you that much. Jesus. Christ. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I've, I honestly, I think
1: this. I've, I think I've freaked a couple counselors out to be perfectly honest. They're like, holy shit, all of that. I'm like, but wait, there's more like, it's,
0: yeah. Had, oh yeah. I've had
1: awful stepdads too. You want, want to do that one?
0: Oh, I have you, I've say, been in that head. position, dude. I, I totally understand exactly what you mean. Um, I, 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 I've gone to counselors before where it's like the fourth session. And I was like, oh, right. Uh that thing that my dad did I totally I didn't mention that yet sorry but it's like we've been here for eight hours total <laughs> Yeah, so right. and they're how like you not mention
1: holy that? shit yeah they're yeah. just like okay uh, let me get the notepad out again like that whoa you came out of left field with that one you gotta it, you've gotta slow dig to stuff like that right and I, I get it like they usually want to talk about how you're feeling you know your anxiety your day to day and it's like okay the first session always sucks but yeah, yeah. after that I think I've wrecked a few people Oh, well, good. There's Maybe they guy, need therapy I think, because of you. I think there's, like, one guy that's, like, a barista now or something. It's like, yeah, that, that girl messed me up.
0: Mm-hmm. See, that's funny. See, right. like, Thank like, you. It's it's funny. Like, you, it, 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 it's an example. It's it's it, Your sense of humor is evidence of a person that didn't allow that to actually define you. You know, it's yeah. impacted you for sure. But yeah. I think that the evidence of... A strong, independent Ashley is is the sense of humor, and the ability to basically call it for what it is, and to talk about this openly, even if you haven't done it like this before. You know,
1: I haven't, but and I, I know I, I think you were a little surprised that I was like, yeah, no, go for it, like ask whatever. But like it's, it's, it's long scabbed over and healed and scarred, and it's it's good. Like you can't you can't really get in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's you you can't really hurt me with that at this point
0: oh but no one wants to hurt you with it I I, you know like accidentally though I mean yeah um can I can I just say that like I don't see a resemblance and that's not me (laughs) trying trying to take a side or anything but I I kind of don't but I but I'm told that you do though right like you it isn't Um, your old pictures from when you were a kid and his face kind of similar um I
1: feel I feel like that's definitely my nose and I, I, I don't know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I know, I know that maybe it's the more female version of that nose. But we, uh, we share some stuff. I've got cuter ears though. Yeah. And that tattoo on his arm has my mother's name on it. I hope that's going well. Oh really? <laughs> mm, yeah, says Kim. It's butterfly.
0: Yeah. Um, listen, um, I, let's end it there because I, I, I think I would love to like continue this conversation. Um, but I think that. Um, I, I think that what I would rather do is know that um, we can end this conversation knowing that it didn't go to a, a, a place that, that was uncomfortable for you. Really?
1: Oh, no. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I'm, I'm very was it happy. everything you hoped it would be? And, and then some. Okay. Yeah, it was a great deal. Um,
0: listen, um, thank you so much. I know that probably wasn't easy. Seriously.
1: It, it wasn't hard either
0: okay well i appreciate you coming thank you so much i I'm, i feel privileged for being the person that you talk to about this and and uh, I, uh, i'll probably give you a call when uh when i go off air just make sure yeah that for sure like I, said, okay. I
1: I appreciate the chance to um yell it somewhere it's nice
0: yeah that's great <laughs> ashley thanks love I'll, I'll talk to you soon thank you that was Ashley lindley that was a <sighs> what what adjective would i use to describe that Moving, I would say for me. Um, you may have noticed that actually, even though Ashley and I know each other, we, we we tap danced a little there as both of us tried to navigate what it was that we were trying to sort of uncover about, about that situation. Um and it's weird knowing that I have some things in common with her, not not the main thing of, of of the crimes that her dad committed, but you know, just the way that stress and trauma can can sort of shape us. But I am completely thankful that she even agreed to do it and um and you know it's funny if i walk away from a podcast where i can say that the guest allowed me to learn something about myself um then then how can i say it wasn't um a fruitful podcast so uh and all credit goes to to ashley so thank you ashley lindley once again for coming on the show um i i you know I am super grateful uh, that we were able to have that conversation. And um, yeah, Um, listen, tomorrow, Outside Shot, there's a podcast uh, at around seven o'clock, but I'm not sure. I'll be on the road tomorrow. Um, And then we have more Plymouth Brethren people coming up. And then Ryan Jesperson on August 2nd uh, will be on the show. So that'll be cool. Um, He's a 20-year TV guy who has just launched his own podcast. And um, so that should be fun. Until then, we'll see you next time on Blackball. Thanks, everybody. Black ball. Black ball. Black Black ball. Black ball. Black ball. Black ball. Black ball. Black ball. Black 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 ball. Black, 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 black ball. The host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.